This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the Blood Red podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. The homecoming is almost here. 10,000 Reds to return to Anfield as Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool look to soar past the Eagles and into next season's Champions League. A late dash to the line, but can Liverpool see the job through? We'll be reacting to Jurgen Klopp's press conference, previewing the action and bring you our team selector and match predictions. To get into all of that, we've gone big for the final Blood Red before the end of the season. We have the Echo's Liverpool correspondent from his attic to Anfield this season, Paul Gorst, as well as Joe Rimmer and David Lynch. Hope you're all well, guys. Gorsty, I'll come to you first up. And uh, well, it is all now about, as Jurgen Klopp's been dubbing it, the final. It is. Um, I, I mean, it's not the first time Liverpool have had to win on the last day of the season, is it, to secure a place in the Champions League. And, and Jurgen Klopp's been keen to, to stress the point that almost in every season that he's been here at the club that they've always had something to fight for, whether it be a Europa League final, a Champions League final, um, or three um, three games on the last day of the season where they've needed to win. So um, it's something that they're, that they're used to, apart from last season, of course, when they won it with seven games to play. So it's a bit of a pressure situation, but um, not a new one for them, not a new experience. So he thinks that uh, all they've got to do is focus on themselves, drown out any noise from Leicester or um, Chelsea and, and just uh, go and finish the, the job that they've started. I mean, it's incredible that they're in this position when you think of how bleak it looked in, in March. That 1-0 defeat to Fulham really did look like where did Liverpool go from here and you know how low could they actually finish. Um, and I think with nine games to go, they were uh, 10 points behind Leicester, were they, with nine goals? Um the Leicester's goal difference was, was nine better than you think of them going into Sunday now. Knowing that a win secures them a, a place in the top four. It's just been a, a really staring finish to the season and, and you you think how much better would Liverpool's prospects be if you'd have been in, in this kind of form for a little bit longer or even if a couple of um, results that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the, the draw at Brighton late on with the penalty, the couple of late goals conceded against Leeds and Newcastle. Of course, it's all should have, would have, could have, but um, Liverpool's season would have been much different had um, a few small things knock on against them uh, and, and a few massive things, which are obviously the injury problems. So, all in all, uh, all Liverpool need to do now is beat Palace, finish in the top four, and then we'll say no more about this uh, dreadful season. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, hi, Joe Rimmer. Nice to uh, see you back on the uh, on the podcast, my friend. Uh, in terms of nerves, I know for a, a long while this season you were quite happy to kind of write off Liverpool's top four chances, but they've, they've brought themselves back now, haven't they? And uh, given themselves a, a real good go. Yeah, fair play to them. I, I honestly thought um, the damage had been well and truly done, um, but they've put the sort of run together that I just didn't think that they'd, they'd shown they were capable of this season. It would be nice if Liverpool did things the easy way for a change, but it wouldn't be Liverpool if you're not leaving it late on the final day and all that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think you have to give the players a lot of credit because they've shown a lot of guts to get through this period. Because let's not forget, you know, even this last sort of, you know, what was it? Someone said to Klopp, yeah, he's got 23 points out of 27 available, yeah. was it? Something yeah. like that. But, you know, that. Even during that spell, there's been some damaging setbacks, late equaliser at Leeds, late late equaliser, but late, late, late equaliser at Anfield against Newcastle. And they must have hurt the players. You know, they felt like defeats and, you know, they've just got on and carried on and they've come through some tricky games. And they're the sort of games that have been catching Liverpool out this season. So 
I think it's been a really gutsy run. Um, and I think it's the sort of run that just gives you a bit of confidence back that, you know, it is the same team that, you know, Grand Man says he's so close season before last, won the title last season. They still have those guts. They still are those mentality giants the clock talks about. So, um, you know, and, and people have stepped up to be counted. You know, we've, we've said a hell of a lot about Nat Phillips and, you know, whatever he does from this summer onwards, Liverpool fans will have, you know, great memories of him. And and, and hopefully, I, I hope he sticks around at Liverpool. But he's done really, really well. And then Reese Williams, I think, has been, has been superb in recent weeks, really stepped up. You know, it's been a real breakout season for him and, and fair play to him. But they're not the only ones, you know, all across the pitch. You know, people talk about Mane being in poor form, but he's just stuck at it and, you know, created a goal on, on, on Wednesday night. So fair play to them. They really have gutted it out. So, you know, I think they deserve Champions League qualification. I think this all these players should be in the Champions League. And, um, you know, hopefully they can finish the job on Sunday. Yes, seven wins in the last nine, Lynch. I don't think many of us saw that coming, certainly not after the defeat to Fulham. Yeah, I think I think on a few of these podcasts, and I think I've said it a few times, is that, you know, after every little setback, it was almost like, well, you know, I don't know really why we're expecting more. This this team's proven time and time again this season that with the problems they've got, obviously those injuries they've had, that it's it's not a, not a very good Liverpool team. And I, I know I've said that before and then, I think over the last few games, have just completely proven me wrong. Not, not necessarily, obviously, we're not saying it's a, a title challenge in Liverpool team or they're showing unbelievable quality, but just the, just the sheer grit has been so impressive. Um, you know, performances coming from players you didn't think had it in. And, you know, obviously, Joe there mentions that the two centre-halves have just been incredible, haven't they? For two players who you don't really expect to, to reap the rewards of, of getting into Champions League if Liverpool do it, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think either of them would really, in normal circumstances, play a minute of that competition yet season and yet they just seem utterly determined to, to drag Liverpool over the line I think the manager the way he's he's gone about mitigating for that slight weakness there at centre-half and making sure the team the spine of the team strong uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold you know we, we talk about him being captain material don't we in the in the future and I think his performances in recent weeks in terms of just dragging Liverpool over the line he's been absolutely key to that and another another player I really want to mention actually is, is Thiago, um, someone who you know I've, I've been critical of his performances this season. We know he's a better player than he showed in the early part of the season, but he has been as, as key as anyone. Particularly, I think these last three games have been his best in the Liverpool shirt. Um, just both sides of the ball, phenomenal. We know his quality in possession, but he seems to have just sped things up a little bit. So you know he doesn't seem to be getting caught on the ball quite as much, and he's he's showing all his quality there. And then on the other side of the ball not getting caught as much on the wrong side, not picking up those silly yellow cards. He's, he's just been, you know, an ideal midfielder in a, in a Liverpool midfield under Jurgen Klopp, really. So, just so, yeah, so many great performances these last few games. And I think I think it's got to the point where you, you can say, and I, I don't think you would have said this a few weeks ago, is that if Liverpool do end up in fourth, they, they have deserved it because this, this run has been worthy of, of sneaking in there. I know they've been reliant on a few other results, but... You know, to put together that run, given everything that's gone before and, and, and the opportunities they had to put their head down and, and just say this isn't our season, I just think, yeah, re- remarkable effort. And you, you just hope we can get over the line now because they, they do fully deserve that reward. Yeah, I'm glad Dave mentions a few of the, the individuals there because that, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about, actually. Of course, he was, you've obviously had a chance to see Liverpool up close and personal throughout the course of the season. Who have you, your sort of main characters of the season for Liverpool been? And I've said recently, Nat Phillips will probably be the cult hero of the season for Liverpool, but so many of the different individuals at differing times have had to step forward and be counted. 
Yeah, well, you look at Mohamed Salah with his 31 goals and you think, where would Liverpool be without those? So he's probably the, the standout man, isn't he? And, and it's a strange one, really, because you think he scored 31 and there's not a particular game or performance or even a goal that, that kind of sticks out. It's it's all just kind of ticked along nicely, seemingly all season. And um, he's, he's kept Liverpool in the hunt, hasn't he, with those goals? I think he's level with Harry Kane in the, in the Premier League golden boot race with 21, is it? 22? Um, so he's definitely up there. Um, also Fabinho, whether he's played at centre back or, or as a defensive midfielder, he's been exceptional. And I think moving him into that defensive midfield role was the catalyst for this run. Um, Liverpool have won seven of the last nine. They're on a nine-game unbeaten run. Obviously, the draws with, with Newcastle and Leeds came when he was um, at centre back rather than in midfield. Um, so he's been um, superb all season. He obviously had that month or so out with a hamstring injury I think but wouldn't be a Liverpool season without um, some sort of defensive injury so um, he, he's he been excellent and um, probably in recent weeks I'd, I'd have to say Trent certainly since since March time um, since funnily enough since the return of football from the last international break he just seems to have had the, the bit between his teeth I thought he had an off night against Real Madrid away but uh, so did pretty much everyone else but other than that he, I thought he's you know, he's been excellent. Um, round at home, it, it was superb. Arsenal away, it was it was an incredible performance, really. And thought he was really good against West Brom, and he was good the other night. And he, he just seems to be putting it together at the right time, really. So um, I'd probably say those three. And, and as Lynchy says, um, Thiago's really just starting to come into form now, isn't he? So um, let's hope that um, Jurgen Klopp is right in his assessment that um, the likes of Matter. And I can go as a back for pre-season, and then um, once Thiago plays with some of the players, if he thought he was he was signing to play alongside, then we can see this kind of form on, on a more prolonged basis. Just just to come in there on the on the Salah point, I really should have mentioned him in terms of people who've been outstanding this season. But I thought one of the things that I really admired in his last performance as well was that he went into that game knowing that he had an opportunity there to get ahead of Harry Kane in the goal scoring ranks didn't he ahead of the, the last game of the season and I just don't think you could see that at all in his play uh, just not selfish at all just you know all that running that he does to to, to protect his fullback and and all that and, and making sensible decisions in the final third I think it's not something you necessarily associate Salah with and people talk about him like he's a selfish player but I think his performances in recent weeks have been completely unselfish and he you know, he's not just thinking about ensuring he gets a golden boot so that he can get his big move or anything like that in the summer. I think he, and you saw in his celebration at West West Brom, the Allison goal as well. I think he just looks like someone who's completely committed to getting Liverpool in the Champions League because that's where he wants to be and he wants to be there with with this club. So that's that's something that's maybe worth pointing out. It's, it's stood out in recent weeks. Yeah, definitely. And I think on on Trent Joe, he's kind of personified Liverpool's season, hasn't he? His own season, the fact that at the beginning of the season he couldn't quite get firing on all cylinders, inconsistent performances. You didn't really know what to expect, but as the finish line has come into sight, he's really come on strong and helped haul Liverpool over the line, much like, obviously, for so many years, Steven Gerrard did. Absolutely, yeah. And I think you, you've seen, you know, all the players we've mentioned just then, I think you've seen their personalities really come through, their, their passion and their drive and you know, I think Trent's reaction when when Allison scored. I mean, I know they they all sort of celebrated quite wildly, but there was something about Trent that I just spotted. That I thought the relief, the the sheer emotion with Trent, um, you know, I think was there for all to see. And 
And look, you know, I think he's faced some ridiculously unfair criticism this season, Trent. You know, the England thing was perhaps blown out of proportion. Um, you know, whether he does go with England or not, I don't know. But, you know, I think, you know, on his day, he's, he's superb. And I don't think he's been anywhere near as poor as people have made out at times this season. Yes, he, he struggled. But, I mean, look through that Liverpool team and, and find me a player who hasn't struggled at times this season. You know, and you, you're taking Trent's position is directly affected by the two guys alongside him, which is chopped and changed. We've seen so many injuries there. Um, so to keep some of the standards that he has kept, I think it's extraordinary. And I think it, we should be praising him for that this season and not and not sitting here criticising because, you know, I, I don't know any fullback in the world who wouldn't be affected by having Van Dyke, Dyke missing. Then you add Gomez, then you add Matip. You bring in a new centre-half in Quebec and two young players Trent's a young player himself and he's having to, to play alongside players who are far more inexperienced. So I, I think, you know, that this season for Trent has, you know, some of the, the criticism has been wild and fair play to him. He's come through at the end there and he's really, really showing his form. And England will be daft not to take him, but Liverpool will be beneficiaries and he'll be a big player for Liverpool next season, I've no doubt. And, and just to, to pick up on a couple of things the lads said, Thiago, again, I think Thiago's personality is really starting to show. I thought West Brom, he took control of the game and really kept Liverpool on the front foot and kept the pressure on West Brom right to the very end and, you know, was getting into shooting positions. I think he's such a lovely striker, the ball. I'd like to see him score a few more goals. Thiago, I think he can get into those positions and, you know, there was one or two deflections, a good save, wasn't there from the goalkeeper? But, you know, I think Thiago really, really starting to stamp his authority on Liverpool in the last few weeks. And uh, and Salah, I mean, what can you say about Salah? Lindsay just nailed it in terms of, you know, the the, the sort of performance he had from on Wednesday night. But there's this misconception that Salah's selfish. I don't think you can be selfish to play in this Liverpool team and to achieve the things that they've achieved in the last few years. Salah works as hard as anyone. He's a, just a goal scorer extraordinaire. And you, you look across any goal scorers, they're all selfish in their own right. You know, Harry Kane shoots more than anyone. You know, if you, you watch Harry Kane, especially a couple of years back, he would shoot from everywhere. And and Salah's not one of those that takes a lot of shots. But when he gets in front of goal, he doesn't always look up and pass. And that's fair enough, isn't it? You know, his goal record speaks for itself. So, you know, he, he's one that's really, really kept his standards. Probably what I said before, he's the only player really, that has just been at his best the entire season. I think Salah's been great. So, fair play to him. Fair play to him. Yeah, I might be wrong, but I don't think Mo Salah either has ever come out and tried to claim goals quite vociferously as <laughs> Harry Kane does. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. We've spoken about which players have been key for Liverpool during this run-in, but Gorsi, just in terms of if Liverpool do see this through then and get it over the line, how big an achievement will it be? Because I think if we spoke at the beginning of the season and said it will take till Liverpool the final day of the season to reach... Champions League qualification. We all would have thought, well, why has that happened? But the way in which they have come back to get this does feel as though it's something special that they are on the, the verge of achieving. Yeah, I mean, if you look back to the start of the, the season in September and, and if someone tells you that Liverpool are going to be going into the last game of the season, um, looking to wrap up fourth, you'd kind of think, well, what's gone wrong? Well, what has gone wrong is pretty much every defender that they've had has pulled up lame, haven't they? From the, the the world's best defender in Van Dijk to Joe Gomez a few weeks later, um, Joel Matip. I think he only made eleven appearances this season before this season was finally called time on in in January. 
Uh, even Kabach and, and Ben Davis, the, the lads who were brought in to ease the crisis, uh, have only added to it in, in recent weeks. So, um, Liverpool are going into this with, with Naf Phillips and, and Reese Williams. And let's face it, the, the, the players who, who some fans might have even heard of, uh, you know, as recently as, as September, um, particularly in the case of Williams, who, who only made his debut in September against Lincoln, I think it was in, in the League Cup. Phillips obviously played in that FA Cup game against Everton, but. Um, Liverpool are going into it with, with those two at the back and um, they need to win to finish in the top four so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be putting it you know it's not the same as winning the Champions League or winning the Premier League or anything but given the given the hurdles that have been in Liverpool's way um, this season uh, so many injury problems and, and I think sometimes it gets a bit glossed over in, in terms of outsiders of Liverpool bubble like we know don't we that it's Three centre backs and Jota was out for three months, and Henderson's been out since February, and Fino was out for a month. Alexander Arnold, pretty much everyone's had an injury this season except for Wayne Aldum, Robertson, and Firmino. Even Allison's missed a few games, hasn't he? So, um, pretty much everywhere you look in this Liverpool squad have, have missed, you know, quite a significant chunk of games. Um, and the fact that they're still in the hunt for a place in the top four speaks volumes about the. Uh, the character and, and the mentality of the squad. And, and at times that hasn't always been there this season, particularly with the six games lost at Anfield, you know, looking at three or four of those as, as games that they, they normally would be winning. But um, as, as Joe says, fair play to them. They've, they've peaked at the right time and now it looks as though they're going to finish off the job. So um, it's it's been an, an exceptional achievement, really, when you think of, of what has been placed in front of them. Can I, can I just come in there and just say, like Gorsi says, I think Liverpool's injury problems, and I know we've spoken about them on every podcast and people might be sick of hearing about it, but they have been glossed over. You know, Reese Williams is a good example. I just checked them when you were talking, Paul. He's made 18 appearance for, uh, appearances for Liverpool this season. And you think about, I mean, uh, during the United game, Gary Neville on commentary made a song and dance about Harry Maguire not being available. Yeah. And, and, and I was thinking, imagine if... I've just had a little look to see who United's perhaps Reese Williams equivalent is. Has anyone ever heard of William Fish? <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you ever heard of him? From, uh, he's, from he's a, so he's an eighteen-year-old centre back. Imagine if United had played with him and he'd made. He looked like a fish out of water. Well, there you go. Say you want that. I mean, I, I might have picked him because he had an interesting name, but in general, you know, I think the point stands is that can you imagine if United had Bally, Lindelof, Maguire? Um, Phil Jones, all oh, of these baby. players out injured, yeah, and 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 and, the, and they were dealing with that sort of issue, and then they brought in someone on loan in January, and he went out injured for the last five or so games of the season. It's quite extraordinary, and I, d- I don't quite think that anyone outside of the Liverpool bubble realizes what Liverpool have dealt with this season. But to get through and to get into the Champions League, it's it's a pretty good achievement, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. So if they do it, you know. All credit to them because it has been it has been a real tough season. And I'm just looking at the, the Premier League table here as well. And the only teams who've so Liverpool have conceded 42 this season as well. And the only teams who've conceded fewer goals are Manchester City, Chelsea. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, Manchester City, Chelsea, and Arsenal. I think are the only teams who've, who've conceded fewer goals. Which is, you know, considering, like you say, if someone at the start of the season told you Reese Williams was going to make 18 appearances this season for Liverpool, you, you know, you, you'd mean like, what, what's gone wrong there? What, what, how is that happening? And I think that just is testament not only to the, the young lads who've come in um, and taken the chance so well, but, but also the manager just for creating an environment where, 
you know, that that weakness or potential weakness has just not been, you know, teams haven't been able to consistently expose it. I just think it's a it's a, it's an incredible achievement from from Klopp and the and the players really to to get to this point. And you you know, you maybe will get a little bit of stick if you say that and oh, you know, it's top four a trophy these days and and look what Liverpool are celebrating now after what they've done in recent years and it's but that, that is just nonsense because in, in the real world where you have to put a team together, you have to put a team on the pitch and, and they, they, sometimes they're tired and they're playing too many games in a week and all these other challenges and the, the people and they've got other worries in their lives and things like that. When you have to compete with these things and, and, and create a winning machine, the fact that Jurgen Klopp's done that to, to a sufficient level to get them in fourth, it, it's just remarkable, I think. Yeah, fair play. Right. In terms of Jurgen Klopp, then he's been speaking in his pre-match press conference ahead of the Crystal Palace game, Gorsty, and a fair bit of the concentration of what he was asked about was about Jorginho Wijnaldum. We've known all season that his contract is ticking towards an end. He was asked, is this going to be the swan song, the finale for Gini Wijnaldum? But didn't really get a straight answer, did we? We didn't know, but you look at it now, 21st of May, I think his contract is up in June. Um, You know, don't need to be a you know particularly skilled artist to join the dots on that one, do you? It's looking like this is going to be his final game for Liverpool and probably one where he's going to captain the club. Um, you know, with with Henderson out, Van Dijk and, and Milner might not be starting, so um, he's going to give us all right until the very end. Um, I didn't think he was at his best at Burnley, but he's been an absolute iron man for Liverpool this season. I think. I don't think anyone has played more than him. I haven't checked it, but I know he's certainly up there with, with maybe him and Robertson. Um, and he hasn't let them down again, has he? Uh, he's, he's, he's been superb. And, and there's been times when when you've watched him and, and you're thinking, why are Liverpool, why have, they, why have they got to this point? You know, he's still such a vital part of the team. Um, why, why are they allowing themselves to get to this position where he's weeks away from leaving the club and he can speak to whoever he wants. And, and it, it appears as though Bayern Munich are getting a mention at the moment, doesn't it? Um, it'd be a shame to see him go. And I think it, it's going to cost Liverpool £30 million plus to replace him um, because he's that important and he's that good. And it's, it'd be a shame to see him go because when he leaves this club, he's going to look back. He's going to look back on Gini Wijnaldum and he's, he was almost at the first club signing, wasn't he? That, that summer, 2016. Um just, just been a hero for this football club and, and what they've won over the last two years or so. Um, he's been vital to it, so he'll leave with all the uh, all the good will, will in the world and um, a massive pat on the back. Yeah, and he's been heavily underrated at times. I know around the turn of the, the calendar year, Joe, I was sort of thinking to myself, pulling my hair, what left of it I have out, thinking... I was going to say, what? Can you get hold of that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, just about... Uh, I was thinking to myself, well, why are Liverpool allowing this player to walk out? But now, as you said before, with Thiago coming into the side as he has and Curtis Jones getting fit again, it feels as though it is now part of that evolution. You can see what the thinking is there. And albeit he's been a fantastic player for Liverpool, maybe it is rather than hand out a big contract. Time for all parties to move on and have a parting of the ways. Yeah, on the surface, it feels like a, a real crying shame that he's going to leave the club. Um, you know, like Gorsley's just said, you know, I think he's been an absolutely brilliant servant for Liverpool. He's been a huge, huge part of what they've done well and Liverpool fans will love him. Um, I'm, I'm glad, I'm really glad for him that there's 10,000 people there to, to, to you know, to give him a proper send-off because he, he deserves it. Um, but Liverpool tend to get these decisions right, don't they? You know, Emre Chan, they they held out, didn't they? And, and Chan's gone on and, he, you know, he's not done badly um, 
at Dortmund now he is, but but I don't think Liverpool will ever regret losing him. Um, and you know when they've had to sell players like selling Coutinho, they've got it right. So I think you just have to trust in in, in what they've done, you know, previously, and, and the people there, Michael Edwards, Jurgen Klopp, and trust that they're making this decision and they're getting it right. And it's a difficult one, but. Yeah, I think I think when they started the season, uh, I think the the only game I think they, they played in was was the derby when it was Henderson, Thiago, and Fabinho. I, I think once Thiago came in, I suspect that Klopp thought that that would be his midfield for the majority of the season. We obviously know that hasn't worked out for for different reasons, but you know I wouldn't be surprised if if they're all fit. That is the midfield that starts next season, and with Curtis Jones coming in because he's he's had a breakout year. Um, he hasn't played as much in, in the last sort of third of the season, but for the first two thirds of the season, he was superb. So, you know, and whether they go out and sign someone as well, just to strengthen that area more, Liverpool will still have options. But yeah, I mean, it does seem a strange one. And I think from the outside looking in, you do wonder why it is they couldn't agree a contract, but I'm sure there are various reasons and we just have to trust Liverpool they've got this one right. They've certainly maximised that final year of having him, haven't they, Dave, in terms of how many minutes he's got through with all the injuries elsewhere in the squad. And you wonder on the training ground what influence he may well have had on a player like Curtis Jones, who this season seems to have changed his game an awful lot in terms of fitting into that Jurgen Klopp midfield three. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been at his his absolute best this season, I think it's fair to say, but, you know, he's still been... You know, he still gives you a certain level of consistency and the fact that he just can get on the pitch every week has been absolutely huge in a season where there's been so much chopping and changing in other parts of the pitch. Um, you know, we, we maybe didn't mention him because he's, you know, he hasn't been performing at the, the highest, highest level he possibly could as, as one of those players. Where would Liverpool be without him? But I, I actually think, you know, this season, they would have, if, if he hadn't been available as well and had had any sort of injuries, then they would have really been in trouble in terms of in that midfield area at times. So, yeah, he's going to be a big miss. And I think his, you know, it's been interesting, hasn't it, to see how he's been used by Jurgen Klopp since he signed. Because coming in from Newcastle, he was that sort of number 10 position, scoring goals constantly. And, and I don't think anyone really expected him to come in and play the role he has. But he's he's just such an intelligent footballer. And, and I think there was a moment in the, the game at Burnley, actually, where I think we just summed him up. And it, it sort of got to me just because I'd seen a tweet uh, earlier in the day that sort of said um, it lined up Wijnaldum's statistics against, say, Naby Keita and said, you know, look, he's not very good at this, this and this. And I think there was there was a moment in the Burnley game. So Robertson, he, he wins the ball at the back and it starts to sort of charge out of, out of defence and his, his touch is a little heavy and you can see that the Burnley play. As soon as, as, soon as Wijnaldum sees that the touch is heavy and there's a chance the Burnley player wins the ball, He's already sprinting to the left-back position to fill in. And as it happened, the Burnley player won the ball and played it out to that side. And Wijnaldum was already there, willing to fill in. Now, there's not a statistic that will ever tell you that. But it just highlights to me how, how smart a footballer and why he's been so important in this Liverpool team in terms of just filling gaps and keeping things sensible. He may not be the flashiest with the ball and, and his passing. He, he can't play the passes that, that even Henderson can play and, and certainly Thiago can play. But... He's just been just that model of consistency and, and sensible play in a team that is, is all action at times. And I think Liverpool, you know, big decision to make over whether they replace him because I know obviously the plan was originally, wasn't it, to, to maybe go into this season and, and use Fabinho at the back more, well, occasionally if needed to give him games and, and go with that three centre-half. But I would argue that if they are going to sign a centre-half, they probably do need a midfielder as well because I think you know, with some of the injury problems they've had in that position and you're losing someone as reliable as Wijnaldum that they, 
they probably do need to get someone in who, who's got a, a really strong fitness record because you just players like that are just just invaluable and, and even if it is the right time for for Wijnaldum to move on then you you will certainly of all of all the qualities you'll, you'll miss his availability the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo well, that's one player who looks set to be leaving Liverpool. Now on to one who could well just be getting started after his loan spell from Schalke, and that's Ozan Kabak. Gorst, he's been speaking with the Times and he's said, albeit he's not spoken directly with Jurgen Klopp about whether the move will be turned permanent. There is that clause in the loan deal. He's really hoping it will be. Yeah, he he, uh, he seems desperate to stay by everything that you, you read today and and why wouldn't he? I mean, Schalke have just been relegated there in absolutely dire straits, both financially and on the pitch. Um, and he's he's had a Liverpool team who are threatening to uh, to challenge for the Premier League title next season once everyone's um, back, present and accounted for. So you can understand why he's keen to stay. He's 10-21 in March. He's an experienced player for, for his young age. Obviously played for a huge club in Turkey and Galatasaray and a, a massive one in Germany in, in Schalke, despite the a recent problem, so um, he's got uh, plenty of experience of, of handling the kind of expectations around the big club, but obviously not many um, bigger than that than Liverpool. But um, I, I think it's, it might be a bit too soon to judge him, and, and he, he might be a little bit hamstrung that he will be judged um, by playing alongside players who who aren't going to be playing much next season when, when everyone is back, as I say. So um, difficult one for. Everyone to make an assessment of. I think if he was if he was twenty twenty one coming out the Liverpool Academy, you'd be looking at him and thinking, you know, Liverpool have got got a, got a good one here. That this this lad's going to be you know do something. But um, are they going to be paying eighteen million for that? Um, from what we've seen so far, I'm not too sure because finances aren't exactly going to be a wash this summer for, for any club really, and, and Liverpool no exception. So I think. Um, I think Liverpool are going to be looking for a, a big kind of statement senior centre back this summer. I think we know that by now, don't we? And um, I'm not sure whether Kabak is that. I think the only way I see him staying now is if they can really haggle, haggle the arm off Schalke and, and get them down to maybe half of what what the 18 million asking price is at the moment. Um, I, I asked Jürgen Klopp about this in his press conference. Um, I'm not sure what I can say because it's a 10 30 embargo, but he, he was full of praise for, for Kabak and kind of talked up his, his personality and how well he's handled being at the club. Um, but um, it's a decision that uh, Liverpool are going to have to look at over the next week or two, seriously, I, I'd imagine. Is it one of those as well, Joe, with Nat Phillips and just how well he's come on? £18 million could be spent elsewhere. Perhaps so. It's a, it's Quebec's a really difficult one, I, and I think he's a, he's going to make give Liverpool a really hard decision this summer. Just in the sense that eighteen million sounds like a lot, but we all know in this market, it's not a great deal for a twenty-one year old centre half. You know, and at twenty-one, how many other centre halves are there in Europe that are playing quite as well as him? I, I, I don't know. You know, it's a difficult one. I, I think. You know, Paul says whether they can haggle it down. If they could get it down further from that, then I think it, it would almost have to be a no-brainer. Because even if Liverpool bought him, they'd probably be able to sell him on for more than that. Um, so it's difficult. You know, I think he's probably got a higher ceiling than, than Phillips and, and and perhaps Reese Williams. So, you know, Phillips is one who, you know, I, I, I can't praise the guy high enough. But 
you know, I think he's he's earned himself a good move now. You know, I think Premier League club or a higher Championship club would, would probably be looking at him. Reese Williams probably can go out on a decent loan. You know, he was at Kidderminster, wasn't he, a couple of seasons back? But he could probably be looking at the Championship League one. Um, so Quebec, I don't know. You know, I, obviously it's a hard time, and, and Liverpool aren't made of money at the moment. So, you know, the eighteen million perhaps is is a great deal to them right now, but. It feels like one where if you bought him, you couldn't go wrong because you'd either get decent money back for him or you've got a 21-year-old who's got a lot of experience as, as one of your, your options. So I don't know. You know, I suspect that they won't keep him um, just because, you know, the sort of vibe you, you feel like you're getting and what you're reading. It looks like they're going to target one centre-half and perhaps a bit of a high-profile one. But, um, but you know, I think he's a good young player and at 18 million, you know, it, it's, it's a decent price. <laughs> What's your what, what do you make of it, Lynchy? Uh, I think just with you know Ibrahim Akanate and the, the links there, and I think Liverpool are making absolutely no secret of the fact that there's interest there. And I think when they do that, you know, when, when they're being that open about having some interest in a player, I think it's maybe further along than the uh, further down the line than they would maybe let on to us at times. So I think you know, certainly if they get in the top four, I think you know, there's all that talk about the fact that they would have to pay the the release clause in a lump sum, but I, th- I think Champions League football will be able to guarantee them to, to do that, particularly with this Redbird investment that, that's come in recently as well. I think Liverpool know where they're up to financially and know that, you know, that they could get Ibrahim Kanati and do that deal. Um, you know, in, in personal terms, don't seem like they'd be an issue. I think those are already pretty much sorted. So, um, yeah, I think I think with the fact that they know they're going to do that deal or, or think that they should be able to do that deal with Champions League football, it just puts Quebec in too difficult a situation. You know, they, they know that he'll need he'll need minutes to, to develop in the same way that Canate will. But if you're going to do one deal, then, you know, you can't necessarily, uh, you know, give Quebec the minutes he needs to reach the level you want at Liverpool. So I think that's I think that's possibly going to cost him a move. I, I think I agree that, you know, Phillips, he's at an age where he will move on. So I think... And, and Williams obviously has been pushed into the first team quicker than he would have liked. So alone for him, I, I totally agree that's the plan. But I think you know you could make an argument about five centre backs, but I just I just don't think that's Jurgen Klopp's style to sort of hoard players in a certain position. So I think maybe uh, I think that the idea that they're, they're so keen on Canati and, and Quebec wasn't, to be honest, a, a player they were massively keen on signing at the time, which is why the deal is is made up in the way it is. I think I think his his future lies away from Anfield, to be honest. Yeah, certainly. We'll have to wait and see how that one does play out. Before we get on to our team selector and look ahead to Crystal Palace, Gorsty, one other bit of news to catch up on from the uh, last week is the announcement of the new supporters board that Liverpool confirmed yesterday and the role, obviously, following the fallout from the Super League that fans will have in terms of decision-making now at Anfield. Yeah, um, pretty progressive step forward, isn't it? Um, Liverpool... I've obviously been in talks with Spitter to Shankly for the best part of a month, really, since the whole Super League debacle came and went within those those two um, crazy days. Um, so it looks like it's uh, it, it's going to be you know a, um, a good thing going forward. I'm not too sure whether we'll hear much about it. Um, and imagine if we ever do, then um, something's probably gone wrong, hasn't it? Because that means that Spitter to Shankly have been consulted by. Liverpool on a certain decision, and they they've kind of laid out the lay of the land as far as the fans can, as, are concerned, and, and Liverpool have ridden roughshod over it again. I think that is probably the only time that we might hear hear about this particular um, agreement or 
partnership or however you want to phrase it. What I thought was interesting as well was um, Fenway Sports Group have accepted the the uh, the need to stump up for any Super League financial sanctions that, that come Liverpool's way. And I think that's only fair and right, isn't it, given that this wasn't a decision made from the football operation side of the club or you know certain people in the club. This was essentially an ownership call that everyone vehemently disagreed with and left quite a lot of, of employees disillusioned and, and angry, to be honest. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good step forward. Um, I think, think they're going to meet maybe once or twice a year to kind of see what what, what the agendas are and, and what's going to be coming forward. But, um, yeah, I, 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 it is good news, but I'm, I'm just not sure how much we'll hear about it going forward. No, definitely right. We will keep an eye on that, and if uh, obviously, as you say, Gorsi, if anything comes more around, it will be of course covered across on the Liverpool Echo website. Let's get into then the final day of the season. Crystal Palace coming to Anfield. Ten thousand fans at Anfield. Roy Hodgson's finale. His send off farewell as Crystal Palace manager. I'm sure there won't be a dry eye in the house show. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they won't. No, um, I, I, I don't really know what to say about that. I mean, it's it's a, a slight shame for Roy Hodgson that it's the last game at, is at Anfield, isn't it? Um, but Liverpool fans don't have a, any good memories of him at all, really. Um, it was just the worst six months <laughs> to be a Liverpool fan. So, um, I don't really know what to say, to be honest, guys. No, no, bit... no, no, I just wanted to throw that at you and see, yeah, uh, see what the reaction was. And it was, it was, I don't apt. want to, I thought I'd kick a 72 two year old man, you know, like when, he, when he's leaving a club. So I, I, I'll just leave it there. But yeah, not, I'll try to block that period out of my life, to be honest. No, fair enough. Uh, Dave, in terms of the opposition, there's seven nil win in December at Selhurst Park. Could Liverpool have handpicked a better opponent for needing a win on the final day? I think they possibly could, to be honest, because I think, you know, Jurgen Klopp said it in his press conference earlier, that 7-0 win was just one of those days where literally everything Liverpool hit went in. And, and, and Palace had the dangerous moments in that game. It's it's easy to forget. Um, you know, it was just a, a day where everything went right. I think, you know, typically games against Palace have been quite difficult, haven't they? So, you know, they, they, they're a team who was set up well to counter and have got, got real quality in those wide positions that can, can cause you trouble. So, you know, Liverpool should not be taking this for granted. I just think the fact the fans are back in, um, and you know Liverpool's objective is so clear that if you win this, you're in the Champions League. I think that will that will be hugely helpful to them, um, and and hopefully prevent them, you know, falling down to any shocks or anything like that. But yeah, I think there's there's easier teams to face. That's for certain because I think only the you know the last game against Palace at Anfield was the was it the first game after the restart after the COVID restart. Liverpool were absolutely perfect in that game. I don't think Crystal Palace touched the ball in their box. But aside from that, Crystal Palace games at Anfield have been have been really tricky. So, yeah, they've got to be uh, they've got to be careful, I think, and, and not think that this job is done because this is a, another big test, even with the fans in. Yeah, Wilfred Zaha went off after 15 minutes in that, wasn't it? And he was their game plan in that one to try and get Liverpool on the break, but that didn't work out for them. Joe, I'll be a bit kinder and come come back to you with <laughs> a proper question. In terms of a side who aren't going to go down, that is their remit every season, Palace, to stay in the Premier League. A manager leaving and half a squad effectively out of contract as well. 10,000 fans inside Anfield. I'd say what I said to, to Lynch, surely it's the ideal fixture. I don't know. Don't be saying about, that. Yeah, don't be saying that. No, don't be saying that. And, and there's something about Crystal Palace that just makes me feel uncomfortable. They're just, the, I mean, it's just like there's just a couple of experiences with Palace, isn't there? You know, like 
I even go back to like I remember one in like 2001. I'm sure, sure they knocked us out the FA Cup or something. They're just something about on the first leg of the League Cup semi final, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I don't know. They're just, they're just, I just <laughs> seem to have bad memories with Palace. Obviously, the 3 3, Stephen Gerrard's final game and all that. Just, they're just spoilers, aren't they? And then there was that one, Allardyce one the other year, you know. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to be counting any chickens because I think they're the sort of thing that make life difficult for you. You've got two very good wingers and can hit you on the break. and you know, Christian Benteke suddenly decided to start scoring again, which is, is good for Liverpool. So, he loves to visit yeah, no. as well, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. So, so don't you start with all that guy. Just you yeah. be quiet until, until Monday and then we can act like we were never worried. No, exactly. All right, let's get into our team selection then. Alisson in goal. Hopefully he's not needed up for another corner. Gorsty, back four, same as it was at Burnley and, and at West Brom? Yeah, I don't think there's any any choices there. I mean, Simakas nope. come on the other night for for a rare run out. Um, finally, nobody looks like. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't have can't really start changing the back four at this point, can you? No. Okay, Joe. What about the midfield? Well, I'd be just going for Fabinho, Thiago, Wijnaldum. I think um, you know Wijnaldum will have something to prove his final game. Thiago's been great, and um, and Fabinho is is a is a automatic starter, isn't he? So yeah. Looks so. This might be the quickest team selection of the, yeah. the whole season. Lynchy, he's the forward three, the forward three, or I don't know, could Ox not play on the left? Mane still looking shot of confidence and he did come off the bench and score the other night. No, guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't I can't see it. Um, yeah, no, I think I think it, it is. It's a team that picks itself, isn't it? You, you know, all season, Jürgen Klopp's been trying to find some level of consistency and it's just sort of fell into his lap in these last few games. I think he you won't want to break that up for anything. Maybe, you know, Oxlade-Chamberlain getting that goal, that might be nice just going in, into the last 10 minutes if you need a goal, but let's let's hope it doesn't uh, come to that. OK, man man for the uh, big occasion. Divock Origi might well be needed. Of course. Off the we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see. Right, in terms of match results then and top four predictions, Liverpool going to make it and what's the score going to be? Gorsty? Do you know what, right? Um, Joe's just been giving it the big... Oh no, it's Palace stick, but I, I think that's just massive, massive kind of um, crying it in perception, isn't it? Liverpool beat them 7 0 earlier this season and they've got a great record against them. They did win in April 2017, but different Liverpool team with 10,000 Anfield, 10,000 fans inside Anfield. I think this would be fairly routine, and I think Liverpool are going to win by three or four, to be honest. Oh. Oh, so let's have to win yeah. by seven or eight. Then, right? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what about yourself? Three-one Liverpool for all that. Before, you know, <laughs> I, I, no, I'm, not, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, Palace are crap, will easy win because I, I don't think that's the case. But, but uh, you know, like, you've still got a fancy Liverpool. They're still at home, and and um, and yeah, they've got ten thousand fans behind them, and you know, there's been a real momentum about them. But, um, but I still think Palace are. They've spoiled. I get what you mean, Gosley, but they've spoiled on big occasions, haven't they? You know, yeah. the three-three, and then you know that that two-one. I remember the feeling like a bit of momentum, and yeah, and I don't know the the Gerrard game as well. Really left a bad taste, you know. Even though they were, Liverpool were awful that season, it, they went a goal up, and so that that's I suppose where that comes from. But yeah, you still got to fancy Liverpool in this. Yeah, Lynchy. Yeah, I think the, the, there's so much more quality, isn't it, in this Liverpool team than the ones that have sort of suffered those disappointments against Palace in the past. So, and I think if, if Palace were to win, they would need to capitalise on every single mistake that, that Liverpool made. Really, um, you know, particularly with the fans in, just giving that extra little boost and, and the players knowing what's at, 
at stake. So yeah, I think I think three 0 and I also think Leicester are gonna are gonna lose as well. So it's gonna be comfortable in the end. And Chelsea are gonna lose. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, why uh, not? Imagine if you finish third. Liverpool finish third. Yeah, the season's gone. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule anything out the way this season has gone. But anyway, that's it from us for this edition of the Blood Red Podcast. We'll be back on Monday, of course, with all the reaction from Anfield. In the meantime, stick across everything on Sunday afternoon across on the Liverpool Echo website, and we'll have plenty of content for you to come here too on Blood Red. But from myself, Guy Clark, Paul Gorse, Joe Rimmer, and David Lynch, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.